love, I love it so much. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean. I am the assistant editor for the Hornbook Inc. And this is the Hornbook Podcast. Today, I am with who? Adam Gidwitz. And Adam Gidwitz, who are you? Uh, I'm the author of uh, The Inquisitor's Tale, most recently, um, and also A Tale Dark and Grim, and The Grim Conclusion, In a Glass Grimly, uh, and also a Star Wars book, The Empire Strikes Back, So You Want to Be a Jedi. <laughs> so You Want to Be a Jedi. That's right. Um, I always feel like when I pronounce my name into a microphone, I always mispronounce it. I think really? I'm, I mispronounce my own last name what more than anybody. What is your own last name? Well, I, I want to say Gidwitz. That, that was good. That was right. Okay. Um, but more, <laughs> you pronounce it fine. Mostly I pronounce it wrong because uh, I get nervous because there's so many consonants in a row. The G and the W shouldn't be next to each other. Well, they become like a V sometimes in some languages, right? Like yes, absolutely. And I yeah. used to have a professor in college um, and uh, he was a, his name is Heim Geifman um, and he was a logician and there was a huge lecture and um, he was kind of a, a funny guy. And one day in the middle of the lecture, in the middle of the semester, he just points and goes, Gidvich! <laughs> I had no idea he even knew my name. Um, and I had to solve the, the problem on the board. Hey, that's not my name. What are you doing? <laughs> it, was, it was pretty close. And he was definitely pointing at me. <laughs> I actually, um, when I first learned about your work, it was actually way before I even got into this industry. It was hmm. before I went to school. Um, I did a master's in children's lit. But it was one of my best friends just loves 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 like funny dark tales and so she read the first dark and grim and was like oh my god you gotta read this you gotta read this <laughs> if she likes funny dark tales then i'm definitely in her, her niche right there yeah you're right in there and so i remember she just um she devoured the whole series and was super in love with it and so that was at least the first book i think that when did the first book come out yeah that was the first book it came out in 2010 yeah, so that was right before I came to school. Yes. Wow. When you said before I went to school, I was like, what are you, three? No, yeah, masters. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> you don't look like you You look seven. young, but you don't look that young. <laughs> no. Um, but I remember like really enjoying it. And so when The Inquisitor's Tale came out, I hadn't kept up with your work, but The Inquisitor's Tale came out and I kept hearing things about it. And so the, the audio came into the office mm. and I was like, yes. Let me read the audio. I'm going to listen to the audio. And one of my bosses just like zoomed in and was like, uh-uh, no, I'm listening to this. Ah. I want to do this. <laughs> it was so beloved so quickly. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the audio was amazing uh, to do. It was fun to participate in. Um, uh, we have a little bit of this kind of similar setup right now with the mic in front yeah. of my face. I don't want to pull the curtain back too much. But yeah, it's there a are, podcast, y'all. There, so are there, are, there are mics. There's a mic in front of my face, um, which makes me nervous and gives me... Um, traumatic flashbacks to recording the audio. <laughs> well, tell me about the audio because I don't really know much about it because so, uh, I didn't get to listen to it, Martha. M Martha, you're a <laughs> terrible person and you will never be forgiven. We're going to rearrange all your papers on your desk. <laughs> um, so the audio, I um, so I had wanted to um, narrate my own audio books uh, going back to A Tale Dark and Grim mm -hmm. and my editor at Penguin um, uh, asked, if I would send in a recording of me reading the first chapter of A Tale Dark and Grim to yeah. sort of audition to narrate it. So I recorded it and I sent it into her. And I have to say, in its background, I was a teacher for a bunch of years and reading stories to students um, was sort of my thing. It's how I got into writing yeah. in the first place. Um, so I figured, you know, this is my thing. So I sent it in to her um, and she wrote me back and she said, that was great, thank you so much. <laughs> and that I never that heard it. again, never again. <laughs> so... Um, 
after you know three um after three uh grim novels and a star wars book yeah i finally felt like i had enough clout this time going in to say julie my editor i am i'm doing uh, i'm doing this one i'm gonna narrate this one (laughs) no matter how bad it sounds you're like damn it i am neil gaiman i will do this (laughs) i'm not neil gaiman but you know i'm like what if i'm one percent of neil gaiman one percent of neil gaiman gets to do his own audiobook so uh, <laughs> luckily in this book, there are, I think, seven narrators. Yeah. So they only had to give me one seventh of the narration to still make me happy, <laughs> which in the end ended up being perfect because uh, narrating an audiobook is so hard. Is it so really much hard? harder than I thought. I mean, you do this podcast thing, so maybe it would be totally natural to you. I don't know. Tell me about it. Why is it so hard? Well, you know, they put you in the in the booth, and you got a, an iPad that you can scroll, and that's all fine, and I know how to read, so that's good. <laughs> um, but I had no idea how much um, spit I have in my mouth and how wow. many spit bubbles um, are popping, and then, like, my throat is gurgling, and I'm not realizing <laughs> it. So I, like, read a line, I think, really well, and they go, spit bubble. Uh <laughs> And, and, you know, and I read it well again, and I go, your throat is gurgling. And I'm like trying to like gargle with water in between takes. It's not helping. And I'm sweating. And also um, the breathing. I was, um, I, I acted and I sang in like high school and college yeah. and stuff. And so I felt like I would be pretty good at modulating my breath. Um, but it turns out I've forgotten everything I ever knew. And so I'm always like breathing in the middle of the sentence, you know, once upon a time, <gasps> there was, and that sounds terrible. So I'd have to do that take again. Um, after the first four chapters, the director, after each chapter, the director kept saying like, okay, we're, you know, you're getting the hang of it. This is good. After the fourth chapter, he goes, you're going to get the hang of this really soon. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was really at that moment that I was like, this was a mistake. A I shouldn't have idea. done this. Why did I ask to do this? I really, I was sweating. It was terrible. And by the end, of the first day of recording um i i said um i i just lost it with one of those sort of giddy moments when yeah. i couldn't even get through a sentence without cracking up laughing yep. um and they we just had to call it and the next day we came in and and, and continued and it was fine and there was less gurgling and less spit bubbles yeah and... i mean it was probably the same amount but i just uh i was breathing so that was helpful <laughs> yeah i can imagine i think I listen to a lot of audiobooks um, because a lot of what I do is data entry. And so I spend a lot of time listening to books and I always hear it and I'm like, man, I would be great at this, but it's a lot harder than I anticipated. Being. You might I be great tell. at it. You, I mean, you practice this, but it is, yeah. it is, it felt I'm not like reading anything. I'm just talking to you. It felt physically <laughs> exhausting. I, you know, yeah. I felt like, you know, those, uh, those Olympians who do sports that don't look like they're hard, <laughs> like curling or whatever. And you're like, do they need to train really? But in fact, the physical demands are much greater than you think. How long did it take to record? Um, well, because I was only one of the seven narrators, it was yeah. it was two days of or two full oh, days of bad. recording. No, I mean you say that, but it felt terrible. <laughs> um, and then, how long do you know? Was it about two days for the other people who were doing it, or did they have significantly larger parts? No, like... um, uh, uh, I had the largest part. Um, oh, okay. So I think each narrator probably had a day, um, and then okay. I was two days, and so between all of that, that was all it took. Yeah. That is cool. I listened to a book recently that was about 22 hours long. Mm-hmm. And I, the whole time, was just imagining what an Olympian that. Well, a single narrator, narrator too. That's just un- yeah. unbelievable. And they do different voices for things. And how do you maintain that many different voices? How do you come up with that many different voices? Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You do, though, because you're, you're, you're used to telling stories. Right. Um, yes, and and as a writer, you come up with different voices, and you do and you do remember them, and mostly they're stolen from either people that you've met or um, <laughs> movies that you've seen. Um, one of my um, so I have like a I do like a Scottish accent um, for in in a couple of books I have like characters with Scottish mm-hmm. accents, and the, the Scottish accent is always based 
on one moment in my life. I was in um, Barcelona, um, Spain, and I was in a bar watching a game between, I think it was Barca and Madrid. Mm-hmm. And there were two um, sort of young English boys standing next to me, um, and they were telling me about um, English Premier League football. And they were saying that Aston Villa, the next year Aston Villa was going to be the best team and just to watch out for Aston Villa. And suddenly behind us, we hear a voice that says, you boys are living in a dream world. <laughs> I turn around, this huge man with a big red beard. Um, and so that Scottish man is now, is now he's like it's in many every books. every Scottish man. He's that you boys are living in a dream world. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It was great. <laughs> I also, so I was telling you before we came in to record that I was doing some, um, you know, creepy research. I did this, well, and I think about this because... I interviewed Alex Bracken semi-recently. Yes. Who's wonderful. And I did some creepy research for her. And at some point I was like, oh yeah, you did this at a, you know, you did something, blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me very nervously. (laughs) (laughs) And was kind of like, how far back did you go in my Twitter? (laughs) But I got great stories from it. And so you actually, at BookCon, you did an interview with her and Tom Engelberger, correct? Yes. So what is, it? I wrote this down because I don't know Star Wars. Star Wars Celebration? Yes. Um, what so is that? Um, that is where it happens. It's not annual, I don't think. Okay. Um, it certainly used to be that it was only once every few years, and it may be more often now. Um, but it is when um, Star Wars fans of all types and ilks and costumes and skin mm-hmm. colors come together uh, to, you know, it's, it's like it's like Comic-Con, but yeah. just for Star Wars. <laughs> um, and the, man, comic uh, Star Wars Celebration was amazing. I've been to Comic-Con and the costumes are amazing. Yeah. But these Star Wars Celebration costumes, I mean, I don't want to make any nerds angry out there. But they were better than Comic-Con? I, you do, you cannot put words in my mouth like that, okay? You're going to get me killed. <laughs> I'm just saying I said it. they were great. They were well, great. But those people I would expect would also be at Comic-Con, right? Yes, probably. But I think it was just the focus on, you know, there were there were guys who looked like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like exactly like you were pretty sure it was you it know, Ewan was. McGregor or Alan, Alec Guinness, depending. And there was, you know, there was an R2-D2 that was operating apparently completely independently, just like, you know, tooling around the floor. <laughs> I'm sure he had a controller somewhere, but I never saw him. I was standing in line for the bathroom, the men's bathroom, and Emperor Palpatine was right behind me and kind of goes to meet me like... <laughs> Like, get out of the way. I need to pee first. Um, like, yes, sir. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. You get to go first. Um, and um, outside, there were um, Christian fundamentalists protesting Star really? Wars, saying that you guys are going to go to hell because you like costumes. I wasn't quite clear on the theologi- yeah, theological the... argument there. Um, it's make-believe. I, I don't know. But between those guys and the guys in the costumes, it looked like you know, an Alan Moore comic book or, you know, um, uh, a Frank Miller comic book. It would look like the end of the world was coming. That sounds really cool. It was, it was amazing. Was that, where do they, where did you go? Uh, That one was in Anaheim. Anaheim? Yeah. That makes sense to me for some reason. Um, But so you were sitting down this panel that you did. I'll link to it on our website. You were talking with Alex and Tom Tom, Engelberger. Yeah. I was like, I was going to say Engelberger. <laughs> you can like, call that him Engelberger. Not his first name. Um, and <laughs> it you guys, should be. You guys have all written Star Wars books for. So what is what is that deal like? I know that there's all new movies and there's it's like this massive thing that's happening. But what is the kind of impetus behind these? The Star books? Wars books. Um, it, initially the concept was um, the, the Force Awakens was going to be coming out in a couple of years. So this yeah. the pro the project started some years ago. And um, essentially, they were afraid that kids hadn't seen the original movies. 
They were pretty sure, you know, based on, you know, their research, Disney, Lucasfilm's research, that that uh, kids had seen the prequels and most of them had, many of them had not seen the original films. And so they wanted... Who are their parents? I don't, terrible people. The people holding those signs outside of Star Wars Celebration, that's who those parents are. I had a terrible Star Wars experience, but I'll tell you after you finish this. Oh, I would love to hear that. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll finish it super quickly then so I get to hear your experience. We have time, you're good. Pretty much, uh, they thought if we had kids authors that these kids like to tell these um, movies in their own styles, Mm. um, then that would be a way in, you know, one of many, many ways in um, for these kids for the new movie. And the coolest part of that, I, you know, when they approached me, the first thing I said was, you know, I'm not going to write a brochure for Star Wars. I'm not interested yeah. in doing that. And they were very um, inviting about doing whatever I wanted to do as long as I didn't contradict anything that happened on the screen. I could add scenes. Okay. I could invent creatures and characters. Um, I could tell it any way I wanted to. I just couldn't contradict something that happened on the screen. But it still had to be the same basic story, presumably. It, presumably the kids should learn the story by the end of it, yeah. yes. Which <laughs> I was happy to do, so I decided to tell it in the second person. How was that? Uh, it was hard at first, and then once I... I so then the, When I first wrote it in the third person, it wasn't working. Yeah. And then when I rewrote it in the second person, that was super fun. Um, uh, because I've always felt, especially like the Dagobah scenes, are um, this mystical experience that even a viewer has where you are becoming you know part of the story you're being trained as a jedi um so and then i had jedi training lessons between each chapter (laughs) to sort of further that but anyway please tell me about your star wars story (laughs) it's not a fantastic story it's simply that i had never seen i had never seen the books um books i'd never seen the movies (laughs) I didn't know what you were talking about, but I was willing to go with you. I know. I am surrounded by books quite literally every day. Um, But I had never seen the movies. And so I, at some point in college, my partner at the time was like, how have you not seen these movies? And so when I finished college, all of the new ones were already out. Mm -hmm. And so he decided that he wanted to do like an experiment and show them to me in order. Yes. In the quote unquote order. Uh Uh-huh. Which meant the new movies first, right, and then the old movies, right. Um, and it was a terrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> you, I hope you slept at some point in between these films. Just, yeah, it was over like a week or okay. something. But it turns out that um, our culture is so inundated with these stories, right, that the first three were kind of ruined for me because I already knew things. Oh, like yeah. I, you know, I would sit there and I'm I'm not supposed to know that they're siblings, right. but I already know that, and totally. I already know he's the dad, and right. so our I missed out. It's like it's like hearing the story of Christmas and expecting to be surprised. Yeah. Wait, that baby is Jesus? <laughs> exactly. Whoa. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of yeah, it kind of was. Easter, so... he comes back. No. <laughs> so I yeah, so I just I didn't I wasn't able to reap any joy from it <laughs> because That's terrible. I know it's a bummer, but just because the you know, the newer movies just I think part of what really pulled people into the newer movies is they already loved the old ones. Right. Um, and a lot of people kind of really hated the newer movies. Yes. Um, I'm con- contractually <laughs> obligated not to, not to comment not on to that. Not to comment. Yeah. I understand. Um, but so for me, <laughs> I didn't have that love already for Are series. you just trying to tell me that you don't like Star Wars? Is that what um, this is a long wind up to telling me? I think it's more that I am. Because this podcast is over. Star Wars agnostic. Wow. I don't know much about it, except I know everything about it because our culture is completely right. subsumed by it. Um, Harrison Ford. I mean, that's really all that I need to 
to say. Yeah, I mean, it's true. in those movies, he's, you know, and the I coolest did see the guy most ever. Uh huh. Pretty did, good, right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. I think actually what I loved so much about it was that it felt a lot like the first three, like the original three. It was yes. kind of campy feeling, and, you know, they had weird. <laughs> like totally. The screen would like zoom into like a little circle and pop into the next right. scene. Definitely. And I that was really fun. And it felt like the first three because it was like almost a scene for scene remake of the first movie, yeah. which I loved. <laughs> I thought that was great. As you might know from my books, I'm really into retelling stories. Yeah. Um, and so some Star Wars fans were upset that it was so similar to the first one. But I was like, that's perfect. Don't invent that. We don't need any new stories. We've got all the good <laughs> stories. We just need to tell them well. And yeah, so but they like, told what about well. Jurassic World? I, I can't even comment. I have never seen that. <laughs> I, I did like the original movie. Jurassic Park was awesome. Good film. Jurassic World was just Jurassic Park again, but bigger and worse. <laughs> so that's not good. I'm saying you got to tell them well. Yeah, it was not. I was so bummed because I really liked Jurassic Park. That happened with, um, what's it called? Independence Day 2, the second one. Oh, I would never see that because I love Independence Day 1 so I much. I saw it because I love Independence Day 1 so much, See, though. that's a mistake that I doesn't do follow. I do it with the diehards, too, though. I love the first three diehards yes. so much right. that as long as Bruce Willis is in the movie, I will see any of them. They can be on Die Hard 17, and I will pay for it. In the I don't movies. even know what number they're on now. Is it five? They finished five. Okay. Yes, because four was the one with the Apple guy, and five was the one with the like big buff dude who... They think, or maybe, like, it's possible they're moving the legacy onto him. And if they do, I'm out, y'all. Right. Like, it's got to have Bruce Willis in it. <laughs> but, but so long as it has Bruce Willis in it, I am I am there for it. Um. So, yeah, I did that. I did that with Jurassic World, and I did that with Independence Day 2, and it was just... You know, there is a lot of retelling <sighs> of stories in this culture just to, like, uh, squeeze the last few dollars out yeah. of them. And it stinks because some of us <clears throat> like to retell <laughs> stories with like integrity, right? And we're trying to do something uh, important like to bring um, uh, like the freshness as well yeah. as the wisdom of the old stories back. You know, yeah. um, when you read a translation of a grim fairy tale or a scholarly write-up of a medieval um, legend, um, you don't at all have the um, passion and the excitement and the frisson of the new that you would have when you if you were hearing it for the first time. Yeah. And so um, the first time you heard Snow White, um, the real version of the story, uh, it blew your mind. It was such a good story. <laughs> That's why the Grim Brothers Grimm were so successful with it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it had to be published over and over and over again um, just to keep meat demand. Um and so, you know, so I go to schools a lot and I tell usually Snow White and I tell it um, in my modern voice uh, with all of the original gory details. Um, and uh, to be completely modest, the kids' minds are blown. <laughs> they love it. Um, and, and I'm not doing it for a quick buck because I could do something much easier than like jumping up and down and performing Snow White. <laughs> Um, but the, you know, those stories and the old stories, even like Star Wars are really, um, have become like deep and important, but they lose the freshness so much that that's, that's what's sad. And that's one of the comments that I saw a lot about Inquisitor's Tale. And that's a comment that, um, Hornbuck had as well, which is that you've taken this story that in many ways could have been something that was you know, retelling or kind of like a reinterpretation of Canterbury Tales or something. But the voice that you have for this and the different voices you change between brings this like really lovely freshness and contemporary feel to it thanks yeah i've heard that a lot <laughs> that's nice <laughs> i did in all of I my paid all of those people yeah. 
<laughs> Roger would never allow that. No, I know. I the can't even say that. The integrity of the hornbook. <laughs> I know. Is like of utmost importance. I, I can. I'm walking around the office and I can feel that. I'm scared to sit in the chairs. They're so. They have so much integrity. So much integrity, except for mine, which you know. <laughs> I don't believe that. In fact, great. I think you're sitting in Roger's. seat. I am so. sitting in Roger's seat right now. Um, in his office, which was disgustingly messy, is now only moderately messy because I cleaned up for you. That's so nice. Yeah, Roger. I will clean up. To be totally honest with you, it is moderately messy. I'm <laughs> not gonna flatter yeah. you and say, "Oh no, no, it's it's moderately messy." It's definitely moderately messy. But um, I'm not disgusted. So <laughs> somewhere on his desk, his. Should we narrate what's here? Like we've got like a, a broken teapot, Himalayan sea salt, an empty vase. His tape dispenser a couple weeks ago. Two empty vases broke. Okay. And he didn't realize that tape dispensers were full of sand. Oh no. And it broke and sand spilled everywhere. And wow, there's and there still is still sand yes, absolutely on there his is sand. Desk. Oh, you just see if before you go, you can see this like a little mountain over in the corner <laughs> of just sand that he's left here. <laughs> Roger, you're disgusting. Your integrity <laughs> is not making up for your, your integrity is <laughs> leaking. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, so why are you in Boston right now? What are you I doing? I am uh visiting schools. Yeah. Uh so I um this morning I was Where do at, you live? I live in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so it's not too far. Not not too bad. Yeah. Um, so this morning I was at the Cambridge Public Library and a, a bunch of schools um, came in. They walked through the rain to get to the presentation. Out. It was pretty gross out. Yeah. And I felt um, really honored that they walked to the rain to hear me speak, through the rain <laughs> to hear me speak. And they were so, um, such good kids and so enthusiastic. Um, you know, I once, I was really worried about it because I once had a very bad experience in a similar circumstance. Mm -hmm. I was speaking at the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Public Library near my house, the yeah. Central. And they had a bunch of kids from different schools walk to the Brooklyn Public Library to hear me speak. It was a very bitterly cold day in February wow. a few years ago. Um, and they walked all the way through the um, you know bitter, cold wind. And this one boy um, got in there, and he was a fourth grader, and he just looked like he hated me. His <laughs> arms were crossed the whole time, and he was scowling at me the whole time. And I was like, it's because I made him walk through the snow, the, yep. the, the, the wind, and it was so cold. Um, and he, he just hates me, and I'm speaking, and I'm like, he must hate my books, he hates this story. Um, and then, you know, I was really, I got to one of the grosser parts of, I think it was Cinderella I was telling mm -hmm. that day, and he vomited. <laughs> he threw up, projectile vomit, I'm not, not exaggerating, <laughs> over the shoulder of the kid who was sitting in front of him, and onto the stage where I was standing. And so there was vomit all over the stage and a little bit on my shoes. And the teachers rushed up so apologetic with, and they like dragged a giant um, trash can and a bunch of paper towels and they said, please keep speaking. <laughs> so I had to keep Ew. talking while they were like scooping the puke up and putting oh, it into the garbage can. Oh, I can't. And after the talk, uh, they brought him up to meet me, which made me nervous. Um, and, <laughs> of course uh, it did. Because we've had a bad experience already. <laughs> And it turned out he was the biggest fan of my Aww. books in the class, and he was feeling sick that day, but he, but he wouldn't stay anyways. home, and he walked through the 15-degree weather to see me, <laughs> and his reward for that was puking all over one of his favorite authors. But now, he gave you a great story. He did. <laughs> so you should And what does he child. get out of it? Humiliation for the rest of his life. That'll be Moral a of the story. story for him as an adult, though. If you could yeah. Get it to him. Yes, Somehow that's remind true. Him. We got to send him this podcast. I know. And in 10 years, bro, like you're going to love this. This yes. is going to be great. Whatever your name is, boy. <laughs> if you remember that it was you who puked on me, it was you. So you're so you're here not getting puked on. Nobody puked on me today yeah. uh, or yesterday. I visited a school yesterday and uh, two more schools tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that is 
busy. Is it tiring or do you kind of get energy from it? Uh, both. So um, yeah. when I'm in front of the kids, um, you know, if so th this this week I'm mostly talking about the Inquisitor's Tale. Mm -hmm. um, and I do a game show with them called How Much Do You Know About the Middle Ages? A totally <laughs> factual but not very serious quiz, um, uh, which prompts me to talk about the book and also yeah. the Middle Ages. Um, and we range on a wide you know, range of subjects from um, uh, religious persecution in the Middle Ages and anti-Judaism to um, uh, dragons that kill you by farting on you. So we cover the whole gamut. <laughs> totally factual. <laughs> totally. Well, yes. legendarily factual. It's a there real medieval go. legend. Um, anyway, uh, so um, when I'm talking to the kids, uh, yeah, they give me a ton of energy and I'm up. And then as soon as I leave... Um, I need to fall asleep. Yeah, uh, pass out for yeah, exactly. a little bit. Yeah. And so do you do back-to-back -back programs with the kids? Uh, yeah, I'll do um, one or two at a school, and then I'll go to another school, and I'll do another couple. Um, yeah. And then sometimes something in the evening as well, like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was something that I interviewed Mac Barnett last week, and he was saying that that's one of the things that he really loves about this is he likes going to schools because it shows him what's working. And it gets him ready for the next book. Like it keeps him in touch with his audience. Yeah. Is I'll, that something you feel? Absolutely. But I'll tell you the real reason that Mac likes to go all these places. I was <laughs> once in Texas and I saw Mac come out of a, um, a porta potty wearing um, a Playboy bunny outfit. He had lingerie <laughs> and bunny ears on. I think he was promoting Battle Bunny with John Cheska. Um, so the real reason Mac likes to travel is because of the lingerie. I'm I sure of it. it. Yeah. I yeah. I can picture it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He looked pretty good. I'll give it. I'll give him that. He, well, he's got really long legs. Yes, he really yeah. carried it off well. <laughs> uh, but On that note, yes. Yeah. Um, are there any things that you have coming up that you're excited about? Anything that you're talking about? Yeah, I have a new book um, coming out in a year. Okay. It's actually a new book series. Um, and um, you know, I, I I'm not exactly sure if it's been announced yet. We'll have to figure out when this podcast airs. This uh, podcast will air in a week. So from today. Whoa. <laughs> this is pressure. <laughs> I know. So if you would not like to bring it up yet, is there something else you're excited about? No, but I totally want to bring it up. I'm so excited <laughs> about it. All right. <laughs> when is Ooh. your announcement? I don't even know. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Okay, I'm going to talk about it. And then if we have to edit it <laughs> out later, it out, then, it out. then we'll be so like, do you have anything you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> That is a perfect noise at which I can like end that and then the podcast ends. That sounds great. So. Um, is there anywhere that people can follow you or pay attention to what you're up to? Yes, please. Uh, follow me on uh, Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's at adamgidwitz.com. If you just write my name, Adam Gidwitz, into Twitter, I should come up. <laughs> There's also Adam Gidwitz 1, 2, and 3. Those are not me. Those are some fifth graders from Texas. Please disregard them. They're very funny, but you don't want to follow but them. But they're not you. They're not me anyway. Um, they all have my same picture too. Um, anyway, so it's Adam Gidwitz on, on Twitter and, and Facebook um, and uh, my website. And uh, if, if, you know, the idea of me coming and scaring your children with real grim fairy tales or um, medieval game show sounds fun. Write to me. I, I love, yeah, love doing that. It sounds like it. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me and letting <laughs> me sit in, in Roger's, um, what did we say, somewhat filthy? Moderately messy. Moderately messy. Oh, I upgraded to filthy. filthy. Wow. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> Moderately messy. We'll, we'll go with that, Roger. You're not being hyperbolic. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, thank you for listening. You can find Hornbook at hbook.com. You can find Roger at Roger Reads on Twitter. I am at KidLitChick. Roger is on the Facebooks. We also have an Instagram, which is HB Podcast, and we have a Pinterest. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Let's get you to dinner. All right. <laughs> Bye.